0: Welcome to the New Zealand International Film Festival podcast series. Today's Q&A follows the New Zealand premiere screening of Bellbird and is presented in association with Script to Screen. Director Hamish Bennett and producers Orlando Stewart and Catherine Fitzgerald are in conversation with Dame Galen Preston.
1: Okay, thank you so much for joining us everyone. Um, wasn't that a beautiful film? Very moving and thank you so much to the Film Festival. Um, my name's Eloise, I'm from Scriptor to Screen. Um, we uh, bring together initiatives for filmmakers all year round and we're so pleased to partner with the Film Festival um, to allow you to hear more from the filmmakers about their process. Um, so here on stage we have longtime collaborators Hamish Bennett and Orlando Stewart. No Strangers to the New Zealand International Film Festival. And the wonderful Catherine Fitzgerald. (laughs) One of New Zealand's most experienced producers. We're so thankful to have everyone on stage. And I'm gonna pass over to the wonderful Dame Gaylene Preston. (laughs) Kia ora koutou. Um, Have we
2: got the actors in the audience? Would you please stand up?
3: I think they're sorting out their drinks, to be honest. Maybe yeah. they
2: are. <laughs> we'll, give them, we'll give them a big ovation um, later. But first of all, we have these three here who are the people who made the film. I'm often asked what the difference between a producer and a director is. And I'm here to tell you that the producers make the film happen and the director makes the film. Here they
0: are,
2: <laughs> and we're going to get cracking. I, I, w- I, want to leave plenty of time for the audience to ask questions. So, um, so have a think early, because usually we've got to be out of here in about an hour. So it will be good to be able to have the discussion while you're all here. Um, right, F- my first question of and, and I would like to ask each of you in turn, so that you can talk about how you came to this film, but um, first of all, could we have, could we have your um, where the film began for you, Hamish?
3: Um, yes, yeah, so the, the film absolutely began with my childhood. Um, so uh, Ross and Ross and Beth, those those two main characters at the start of the film, anyway, they um, they're based on my, my childhood neighbours. Um, growing up, both my parents are teachers, like um, like me. I'm a teacher, um, but we were surrounded by by farming families, um, and our, our neighbours across the road, whose um, names are Ross and Beth, funnily enough, um, they we had a lot to do with me and my brothers had a lot to do with their, uh, with, with them in our childhood. Um, we had a lot of really fond memories of, of them. I actually saw some photos yesterday that uh, my mum and dad went and visited Ross and Beth up north yesterday. They, um, they, they weren't able to make it down tonight, but they shared some photos with them of us. Um, we were, um, uh, we'd were we go over to them and, uh, and use their calves or make use of their calves to, um, to, to train up and rear and, and take along to calf clubs each year at, at, at our local school. Um, and so yeah so it's kind of it's really nice to uh, I suppose celebrate them. Um, they, they certainly aren't the types of people to kind of uh, say a lot of nice things to each other um, but you kind of you, you do recognize it underneath it all that there is there is a lot of love and there's a lot of loyalty there and um, and so I suppose it's something that, that I, I wanted to um, make a point of and, and, and celebrate and um, and so it all started with them and, and I, I think the first short script that I ever wrote was um, was Ross and Beth which. Um, we eventually, eventually yeah, made so to a short film.
2: So for those of you who don't know, there's two short films that relate to this, and I think that's where Orlando's story comes in. Because I mean, pe- people have neighbours they like, but they don't go to all the trouble to make a feature film. That's actually quite, mm. qu- that's actually quite hard. <laughs>
3: yeah, well, it's quite funny because um, yeah, like I, I, as much as I don't expect thanks from them, basically the first thing Ross said. Um, when after we kind of made the short film was he still hasn't seen his cut. And, um, you know, as, as, as you understand, like, short films, you're not going to make any money out of them. But um, that's, that's just his, that's his sense of humour. Um, what, what, kind of, uh, what was really funny is after the short film, um, we, we, we managed to win a few awards here at the New Zealand Film Festival, and um, I gave them a call and just let them know that we kind of won this and that. And, um, and Ross's response was, um, oh, yep, and that was basically it. Uh, which I think is just a great way of keeping my feet on the ground. It's, uh, it's <laughs> perfect. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, Orlando, can uh, y- you came in roundabout? Which short film?
3: So
4: I first met Hamish. I was introduced to Hamish by his uncle Michael, and um, we shared a, a plate of mussels up up in Ponsonby. Yeah. Me to act in his first short film. Um, he hasn't asked me to act again since the first short film, and
2: you're losing.
4: Yeah. So I played a, a role in in Hamish's first film. Yeah, and um, so uh, and and from there I ended up producing. It was a very low budget, and and then we went on and made together um, his second. Uh, short Ross and Beth and um, yeah I haven't been asked back I had a very small unspoken cameo in that one, slightly out of focus in the background Um, so we kind of worked together on those two with um, someone I should also um, thank both Michael Bennett and also Meg Douglas who um, supported those two and um, as Hamish is famous for saying he's only got one real idea and so he put the dump together with um, his first short film, with his second short film, Ross and Beth, and that's Bellbird. And yeah. um, we're kind of both pretty pretty green, and um, one of the first people who was uh, a big supporter of, of Hamish and, and Ross and Beth was, was Catherine, which is a lovely segue towards Catherine speaking.
0: Well, I had been watching both uh, Hamish and Orlando from a little bit of a distance. I don't think they knew that I'd been watching them. I loved Ross and Beth. I'd liked the dump. It's very funny. Ross and Beth, I was very thrilled that um, a project of the short film competition that we persuade that Bill Gosden and I persuaded um Madman to back Um, I think this is the first time anyone has won that competition and then had a feature film in the festival here. So um, I'm very proud to see that as sort of the point of having a short film competition. Yeah. Um, But I was also honoured, well, I think after Ross and Beth, I offered to help. um, And I was delighted when um, they took me up on that. uh, I'd have to say I didn't have a lot to do during development until the last sort of year of development, and then um, we did bits and pieces together. I should acknowledge Emily Anderton, who's in the audience here, who acted as a script advisor for Hamish. Um, That's a job I've done in the past. I still sometimes do it, but it was fantastic to have Emily, who um, I've known for a long time um, and is very, very good, so...
2: um, that's kind of how I got involved. So this is a team that you make it sound like you fell in together, and in a way I'm sure that's true. Um, there's, there's, there's plenty of ways you can fall out again in that situation. <laughs> Making a film is, is a very demanding thing. And this film had a really unique shoot. Uh, who wants to talk about that?
3: Hamish. Is this going? Yep, yep. cool. Um, so we, we shot over three blocks because it's a capture... You
0: just hold it. Yo, yo, yo.
3: <laughs> we wanted to capture four seasons and, um, and it was really important to us to, to get that in. And on a farm, you can't kind of recreate a cow carving. Um, you can't recreate kind of, you know, uh, haymaking happens when it happens. So we shot over, over three blocks. Um, so we shot in summer and then in autumn and autumn kind of covered spring as well. Um, and then we shot in winter as well. Um, funnily enough, it's, it's Northland, it's, it's kind of four seasons in one day, so um, summer was actually pretty wet. Uh, we, we, we got obviously everything we needed, but um, uh, when we got to winter, uh, we had to go searching for mud for a while there because um, uh, it, was, it was pretty dry, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: And, and you um, had an interesting arrangement with the community on that first shoot.
3: Uh, yeah, well, I mean, interesting and in, in, in the very best sense, like, um, as I kind of alluded to at the, at the, in the um, speech at the start, that, that the community had just such a massive part to play in this film. Um, I, I, like I said, I grew up there and, and my parents um, my parents uh, were, were teachers at the local school and we had a lot to do with the local community, but I think in many ways I was kind of um, riding on the coattails of, of my parents, um, the impact my parents or the... the the, the respect that my parents are held in back in that community, because um, when we took that film back home, um, the, the the support that we got was just just unreal. And, and I know that the community of Manga Karamea and Taurero wouldn't think twice about um, lending a hand. Um, you know, we, we just we couldn't have been more grateful. Um, it, it, like, it, it, to be honest, it would never have happened without the support of them. So, yeah, we first shoot, we... Um, uh, we had many of our crew um, sleeping on, on mattresses on the floor of the local school where I used to teach. Um, we had people billeted at, at locals' uh, houses around the place um, and, uh, yeah, and and people, you know, we had some families moving out of their houses so that we could get some of our crew into a house and they'd go and stay with their, their family further down the road. Um, yeah, so I, I can't kind of uh, praise enough the, the impact that the, the community back home had on making the film.
2: Yeah, well, the film has a beautiful feeling, and it has an unhurried, it has an unhurried pace, and everybody on screen feels very relaxed. They they are very potent, honest, laid back performances, and and I know that it's really hard to make a film that's slow, you know.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and but it's really funny because I'm um, Graham McKinnon, our, our wonderful cinematographer. Um, who's probably <laughs> off getting a drink too, but um, he, uh, he made the point when we were shooting our kind of our field day scenes that, you know, if you're shooting this in Auckland when um, you've got your extras moving about the place, um, when when the director or whoever calls, uh, calls action, you have Aucklanders just, just speeding everywhere so they'll do rushing through frame. But um, our, our first AD, uh, Robin, didn't have to talk to our locals at all about the way you move. They just moved the way you move. And... Um, and, and that, that, that authenticity was obviously very important to me, but it's not something that we had to teach anyone, you know? <laughs> it, was, it was just there, yeah.
2: So you can tell that this film does not look like a low-budget film. This film looks like a, it's, it's resourced every way it needs to be, but I know that can't have been the case. Mm, so, no. yeah, so <laughs> Orlando, Catherine... Can you talk a little bit about how you got the money on the screen? I think mm, I would expand on what
0: Hamish said. Um, It's the incredible generosity. This film was made from the generosity of the cast, the crew and the community. And it's being on screen, it's the, I mean, if, if you're making a big American film the value of the animals would have been half our budget i think um, but we had carla was just basically a cow whisperer she knows each of them intimately and they all did exactly what she wanted them to or told them to
2: <laughs> is she, is, is she here carla colors is,
3: is, car is the colors pup Carla is part of the deemings, the deemings of the, fam- uh, the, fa- uh, the family who own the farm that we, we filmed on. Um, Carla is very much the cow whisperer. She's, um, you know, most, most farmers, when they herd their cows, they, um, they walk behind them, she walks in front of them, and uh, they all just follow her. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the, the kind of, the, the way that family was in, very, in, in many ways kind of encapsulates the, the types of characters we were trying to portray in this, yeah. In this film, yeah.
0: So absolutely nobody got paid what they would have on a big American film or even a big New Zealand film. Um, so it was funded at least half by everybody else than the cash budget that we had.
4: Yeah,
2: but actually quite a, an expensive way to shoot, three shoots, Orlando. Um,
4: I think kind of expensive, but also I think for, for especially for Hamish and for all of us, it was also a way that we would shoot you know, the first shoot was a week and, you know, Hamish had the opportunity to go back, edit. Yeah. And we had the opportunity to think, shit, we actually need to have, um, you know, unit. We have to feed the crew properly and we can't <laughs> have them continue to sleep on floors. Um, so we'll try and put them up because... Um, so, so there was a, a, a... I mean, I'd say it's an ideal way to make, you know, a first film actually because there's, there's so much opportunity to learn I think Hamish, you know, he was, he was directing by the third shoot. <laughs> he, he was great. And, um, and so it was, um, it, it was a, a great thing. And kind of, I guess, with the money, uh, just following up what Catherine said, you know, it was incredible how much that, that community gave to us. And I think, um, and also, I think, you know, I think it was quite reciprocal. I think as much as, as we love them, they love us. <laughs>
0: yeah. I think I think we were like a, a, a new puppy I think we could be a bit annoying as we stole yeah. their slippers yeah. um, but it w- it, I would recommend it as a way of shooting and in some ways at very low budget you can cope with things for short shoots yes. it was like making three short films in many ways um, of course you had to start up every time and wrap up every time but the chance to review watch things happening, and in fact um, Kahukura grew during the film. Um, uh, Marshall lost an awful lot of weight between the death of Beth and the next lot, which you can see on screen. Mm -hmm. So actually I think it added a lot to it, and I love the fact that it's uh, it's not like shooting in Central Otago, the difference in the seasons but I just love you know, the, the poplars being like ghosts in the winter season, yeah. and they're all green and rich in the summer. Mm. So it's very subtle, it's a different way of looking at seasons. So I think it added a lot
2: to the film. Yeah, there's a sense of authenticity mm. in the film that's really ingrained in it, which means that when a cow dies, we believe that we believe that that was an event that the filmmakers were able to avail themselves of.
0: No animals were harmed in the making of this film. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except uh, for uh, the ones that
2: served up, got served up for dinner. But um, you don't worry, as audience, you just don't worry, do you,
0: about anything like that? I would have to say, though, early on, these two said, oh, we're gonna shoot it like a documentary. Um, so we don't, we don't, do we really need a production designer? And I go, if you want to shoot it like a documentary, we need a production designer more than ever.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't part of that conversation. That was have been Orlando's idea. There's nothing <laughs> to do with me.
4: Well, actually, when we did meet our production designer, Mr Shane Radford, over there looking very dapper in the orange, orange jacket, who also acted. Um, <clears throat> I, I'd like to point out that... Um, we did have to actually ask him what a production designer did.
2: <laughs> and mm. he would have been able to tell you.
4: In no uncertain in no yeah. uncertain terms actually, yeah.
2: No, I think the way the music, the production design, everything comes together and creates a whole world that you do not doubt for a minute is unusual in filmmaking. Mm. So congratulations all of you. All of you. Um, I think we should hand over for the audience now. What do you reckon? Oh, here's a, here's a question. <laughs> um, beautiful film, Hamish. Really Thanks, loved sir. it. And I particularly want to congratulate you on the script, which I thought was incredibly understated, and there was so much left out. Was that a deliberate choice to, to uh, make the audience work harder to understand what's
4: going on?
3: Yeah, Well, um, was definitely deliberate to, to make it as, as understated as that. I think, um, well, my first thing is that I think, um, you know, I, I, I'd never underestimate the audience to understand kind of what's going on. And, um, and, and even if the odd thing is missed, hopefully it's, it's nothing that's, that's too important. But, like, basically it came back to if, if the script didn't feel true to those people, then I wouldn't put it in there. Um, so that obviously made things a little more difficult when it came to writing, um, writing the story because you're having to find other ways to tell your story other than putting it right there in their dialogue. Um, but the, the, the reality of of, that, um, of those people, um, those people I grew up around, is that you're not going to talk directly about something. And so um, for me, like I said, it's about trying to find um, other ways to, to tell that story. And um, the massive part of that was obviously the, the calibre of the actors that we had there. And... Um, and then there's no way that we could have been able to tell those stories effectively without the the quality of our of our cast. Yeah, and the
2: maybe casting. It's, maybe it's and time the casting, to, yeah. maybe it's time to talk about the casting.
3: Um. Yes. Yeah, so uh, the casting was was it was a great process. We had um, Stu Turner from Catch Casting was. Uh, oh yeah, let's give him a clap. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. <laughs> um. Not not just Stu, but Stu and his team. They they just had such a committed um approach and and. To to working with us, um, we learned so much. That as as Orlando said, we we are real green, and um, this was the first time I've been through the casting process. And you know, we we this was one of those ridiculous ideas that me and Orlando had was that, do we really need to cast? Do we can we just kind of go and look online and find a face that we liked, and then? So I mean, we realized how how ridiculous that was um, as soon as we started working with Stu. Um, but we, we, we kind of you know we we did a, a huge amount of of casting. Um, auditioning um, and it kind of came back to it was actually quite hard to, to make a few decisions there was a couple of key decisions to be made at the end which um, were really really difficult to make um, you know with uh, some interesting stories with, with like with Kaukura Retimana, Um he, uh, he hadn't actually he who played Mali he, he wasn't actually auditioning but he, he turned, up, um, turned up with his cousin to, uh, who was auditioning and his cousin did a really wonderful job, he wasn't quite right for the part, but he, he did a wonderful job. But when Stu went in to get him uh, from the casting room, uh, uh, Kahu said, I'm a better actor than him. <laughs> and um, it's just been cheeky, you know? But um, Stu obviously recognises, he picked up on that and he thought, let's, let's give him a crack. And, um, and he, so he just improvised his way through, a, through his first audition <laughs> and then did another couple. And it, it didn't take long before we realised, yeah, no, nah, Kahu's our man, yeah.
2: I think we're going to see more of him.
3: I, I hope so. I hope so, yeah. yeah. Well, he's got a moustache now, so different. Is he different here? Yeah. He's here? He's
2: here. over there is, it, is he standing up?
3: I don't know. Okay, he's here. I think, sure.
2: hand, I think he went
1: upstairs. Oh, he's gone upstairs.
2: Um, um, another question from the audience. How are you doing out there? Yes?
3: I do, Rai a Primary School. <laughs> lovely okay. to see you. Here lovely we to are. See you.
2: Here we are. Let's hear you on the microphone. I just want to know what your next project is because that was amazing and I know in your first year teaching how amazing you were then.
3: Oh, thank <laughs> you so much. That's awesome. He was um, great.
0: The kids are lucky to have you.
3: <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, it's oh, that's, uh, that's, that's really lovely to see you. It's been years. Far out. Um, Oh yeah, we well, know we have we have got another project. I'm I'm currently writing one at the moment. Um, yeah, without going into too much detail, it couldn't be further removed from from the farm. It's actually set in Samoa, but um, um, yeah, it's 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 it tonally and, and kind of uh, sensibility wise, it's not going to be too far removed from this this film. Um, I saw a really lovely documentary which is at the film festival about um, I've forgotten her name, but she's a photographer who um, who who managed to capture graffiti in New York at its at its early stages and. Someone said that she was kind of really, she was just really attracted and fascinated by by people who are living in the corners of life. And um, that's that's not a kind of a belittling thing. I think it's just people who aren't always focused on, people who aren't always celebrated. Um, they are absolutely the people that I'm kind of drawn to and, and want to make stories about. And so, so yeah, that's... that's um, the the next story will be, yeah, in a similar vein, but in the islands. Yeah.
4: yeah.
2: That, I mean, this film is... Uh, Captures something very central in our culture, and um, un- under the under the serene, uh, quiet, uh, comfortable surface, there's a really serious issue that you've got here in this film, and um, it's a wonderful thing to do to bring the mass audience. You know, I, I'll be really interested to see this film go to cinemas. Here
3: in New Zealand, yeah, yeah, no, we, we certainly, um, certainly hope that, that, that it connects with with people um, around the country. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there are serious issues approached there, but um, yeah, and and obviously it, it confronts grief and it, and it looks at that um, in a in a pretty um, yeah, in a pretty big way. Um, as much as I'm not a uh, an expert on the matter, I, like it's 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 obviously clear that that the, the traditional kind of male um, masculine approach to dealing with grief is, is not a healthy one. Um, but I, I suppose it's also important to acknowledge that um, the, the the importance of community and the importance of people, having people around you. Um, yeah. Uh, like uh, for for me, it's it's kind of I, I like I said, I, I as much as that issue is a very important issue. Um, I, I was conscious of not putting um, the issue or the the, 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 the or the issue ahead of the character, because oh it's important that the characters needed to be um, feel true and um, and authentic. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I always think the best movies make you laugh, make you cry, and you come out with something to think about.
3: Totally, totally. I I agree. Three out of three there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Any more questions?
0: Um, Maybe it's a very obvious question then, but it's just about those depths that you're saying are very understated, and I wanted to just be obvious and ask you outright about the, um, the gun and the where's the key that was about the high suicide rate of farmers?
3: Yeah, well it's, it's not necessarily about the high suicide rate of farmers, but it is about um, Bruce's fear that this is what Ross could do. Um, I, yeah, it's just one of those things that I kind of like. I like the idea of people being able to go back and have a look at the film another time and maybe pick up on a few things that they might not have seen earlier, but we did do a little plant earlier on of um, uh, Ross going to the, the cupboard um, earlier on and picking out his folders, and Bruce shoots around the corner just to check what he's looking for, um, that's after, that's what he's looking for, his LIC folders, and and I suppose what I wanted to kind of, the, what I'm trying to get across, and if, if people don't pick on it, that's okay, but I want to get wanted to get across the point that as much as Ross saw himself as being the one who's protecting Bruce and trying to prepare him for for life, um, all along it's been Bruce who's been watching his dad, and um, and so that idea of him um, constantly keeping an eye out, taking the, the key out of the, the, the gun holder was, was very much about Bruce Bruce's fears for his dad's um, well-being,
4: yeah. Oh, well thank you for that. Thank you for noticing. That, oh. That's just yeah. great.
2: <laughs> the, the, the two lead actors um, are brilliant casting. I wish they were here. Yes. Ah yeah.
3: Let's bring Could them up. C- bring them up.
2: Could you come up? Come up.
3: Go on, Holloway.
5: That's in my contract. That when I'm around, he stands up. I sit down.
2: And where, <laughs> And where's Marshall? Marshall. Marshall. Marshall, it is very nice to see you back home in New Zealand. Marshall Napier, we're welcoming you home, um, Marshall. I, Marshall, I accept, I
6: accept your welcome. Yeah.
2: the casting of yes. you two is a brilliant thing, and. Um, We want to acknowledge what great work you've done, in the way that we're accustomed to. Thank you. Yeah.
6: That was
5: also in my contract.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Any of you have got questions to ask of the two actors? Off you go. (laughs)
3: <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, don't, I don't know if this is a fair question or a really obvious one or what, but um, I always wonder, when you're playing a role, how do you feel about the person that you're playing? What, what is it like to take on someone else's persona?
2: That's a good question.
6: <laughs> I don't know what it's like to feel... I, I don't have strong feelings, yes or no. I. I, I clearly just think it's my job to be that person and I try to be neutral about they, they, they I, I don't have a, like, I love this person or I hate this person. I, it's more like, I am this person, which is somewhere in the middle. I don't know. I, 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 don't, I try not to have an attitude. I, you just say, if it's me and I'm being that person, it's who I am. It's like having an attitude to yourself, you know. You don't really have an attitude to yourself, do you? Or do you? No, well, you try not to. (laughs) You try not to? I've got some bad attitudes to myself, actually, but uh, I try to put those aside. Um, No, I I try not to judge the character I'm playing. I mean, you you just try to get inside them. Really.
5: Uh, uh, For me, because I'm not naturally a shy person, it was um, meeting these three wonderful people and sort of working on the character and just trusting those those long pauses and, and the breaks. Uh, obviously the chemistry between between us two um, is, is really key as well. Um, but when you've got the director who's the writer, it really does help with the character because you can ask those questions. Uh, sometimes you get a director and they're... Directing someone else's work and they might not have that question or they go go away think about what your character had for breakfast which is generally sort of you know what you can't do a backstory or something like that but for me that the key was I remember talking to Hamish it was just finding that that innocent character of of me of who I am so you don't go outside yourself and for me I was just kind of channeling myself going through puberty I think Um, and just you know everything's a first taste of of life, of that sort of being real green. And um, that's what I try to, you know, your, your first kiss, your, your nervousness around blood or animals or trying to talk to your dad about death and things like that. Um, and being on the farm at the Deeming's really helped because, uh, you know, a lot of times you're filming in a, in a studio in Auckland or Wellington and you kind of pretend and there's a green screen, whereas there was real cows, real weather, real rain. Hamish is like, it's raining, it's raining. Put on the jacket, get out there. Pick up, pick up a cow. And it's like, jeez. And, um, and then trust. Like, you know, I saw in the script that my character has to wear a beekeeper suit. And I'm like, what? I don't, I don't get it. And then um, you sort of trust, and then you see, once it's all put together, you're sort of seeing the audience's reactions, it, and it just works, you know, that he's um, just, a, just yeah, the, a guy that hides in the corners, as you say. Yeah. It was a treat. It was a real treat to, to play
2: him. So Hamish, you you had the pleasure of directing these two. Have you
4: got
3: anything? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it was. It was absolutely a pleasure. And I, <laughs> sorry, I, th- I thought I thought there's more to the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I feel eyes on me right now. Um, yeah. So it was it was horrific to be honest. No, um, no, no. It was it was pretty awesome. But I think like I I, I was talking with Marshall about it earlier today. It's and a lot of times I did find myself, because, again, going back to that green thing, I found myself sitting behind the monitor and just really enjoying watching them go to work, you know? It's, um, they, they, like, Marshall and, and Cohen both have probably polar opposite approaches to, to being actors. Um, so, so Marshall is just uh, incredibly kind of, uh, oh, this sounds terrible, but he's incredibly well-prepared. Um, he'll, he'll, he'll head off... I'll get to you, Cohen. I'll get to you. We'll, we'll save this. Um, yeah, he's he'll 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 be really really sorted. So when he comes comes time to sit, he's ready to go. Um, whereas Cohen, like he like he, he's quite upfront about it. Like we did a lot of talking about who his character was, and so when we did that earlier on, um, I I I recognised um, pretty early on to the shoot that I didn't need to do too much more talking with him. Um, what was happening was uh, like Cohen said that he. He prefers to learn his lines pretty quickly, he can't kind of store them up over days and then come in and get into it later, so what he's doing is, um, uh, you know, we, we're talking through a scene and um, Cohen, Cohen struggles sometimes with his eyesight and so um, he's, he's looking at his, his script while I'm talking to him about what's, what's happening in the scene, he's going, uh, he's reading his script at the same time, he's going, yeah bro, yeah bro, yeah, yeah, sweet, yeah bro, yeah, yeah, good, good, and then he put it down and he's into it. And um. And, and it kind of, it, it, that's, that's Cohen's approach, and it works really, obviously, really, really effectively for him. Um, there was a scene, the scene where, um, where Marshall and Cohen are sitting, on the, um, sitting on, the, on the back porch, and they're just having that first moment where they can actually talk to each other while Ross opens up. Um, we looked at the different ways that we could cut that, and we, um, we looked at kind of cutting from, from a one shot of Marshall to one of Cohen in their back, but what we actually found most effective, and, and Jason Pengeli, um, our, our wonderful editor, he, um, you know, we, we realised is that the best thing you can do is just sit back and watch the two of them, because if you're cutting from one to the other, then you're missing out on all the wonderful um, non-communicative stuff that, that Cohen's doing or that Marshall's doing, because when Ross is talking, every little moment um, Cohen is in there, and every little moment um, Bruce is reacting in a really beautiful way. and and, and that scene is so much more effective if you can see them both. Um, and so, again, that was one of those moments where I think after we shot the first take, I, I think I had to do a little forward roll. I was just so, um, so am- amazed by, by what I saw from these guys. Yeah. I remember the roll. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Heard <laughs> my neck, yeah.
2: Off you go, audience. Questions?
3: Yes. Yeah, no, it's it's a cool question. Um, uh, well, I mean, one one thing that probably emerged for us, if we shot in, shooting over three blocks, was, you know, after that first block of shooting in in summer, uh, I mean, more than anything, you kind of you start to realise, okay, this is working, um, this we need to have a bit of a tinker with. So it did give you uh, the the chance to actually um, see see what's working and what's not, and make adjustments in time for the next shoot. Um, that's where having, having Jason um, Pengelli uh, um, and working pretty closely alongside him um, made that uh, a, a pretty, a pretty um, cool process. As, as Catherine and Orlando said, I think for a first time director, it's actually pretty, pretty cool to, to go back and look at your footage before you've actually finished your film. Because um, it allows you to see, um, like I said, the, the things that, that you need to kind of keep on working on um, and the things that, that are, are going really well. Um, the actual story itself, um, to be honest, from the script, didn't change a heap, but I suppose my, my approach to, to, to certain scenes did, did shift, um, and that was just a, a learning curve for me. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Did that make, did that make m- a different kind of pressure for the actors to be doing three shoots? So you get into your character, and then it's go home, do something else, then come back. How
6: did that work for you? I wish all short all films would be three shoots.
2: Yeah. It's actually
6: good. You go back and you know revive yourself and come back with new energy. I I, I like that. Actually, yeah. I thought that was a great luxury that we had.
3: Yeah. Yeah, because you could
5: um, you felt like you're just starting to get into your character right, after the first. So a lot of New Zealand films, you only film maybe four to six weeks, and you might only be on set five or six days and you really got to get into that character quickly. Whereas with this, you sort of had the summer break to kind of find the character and go, go away and go, oh, I wish I'd played him a bit like this or done this or done that. You could come back and kind of do that, take a few more risks and it was easier to find a way into the character a, a lot quicker. So it was, yeah, it was a real treat, eh? real treat.
0: Every shoot felt a bit like a reunion as well. Mm. It was actually fun getting back together yeah. um, and got better and better, I think we
2: would all say. It is a really good way to shoot. I've, I've made one film that way, and it's just the best way. Mm. To let's put it, it into lore. Eh? Let's yeah. make it law. Yeah, let's
6: make it law. <laughs> we
5: have to shoot them just like say, that. You've got to do it. Yeah. And the guest casting was really amazing as well because they a lot of them have small roles but they're pivotal and they do feel like they're outsiders and they naturally did feel like outsiders. Not that we didn't try to make them feel at home but, you know, they, they, they come in and they're kind of like, oh, these guys got their group thing going on. Uh, you know, as an actor in New Zealand, you might be on a, come in and play a guest role on a big running TV show and you always feel a little bit like an outsider. So not that we try to do that but I think that really helped for... Uh, and, like and I
6: have yeah. complete sympathy for that i've yeah I've been in that role yeah. often enough where you're a guest on somebody yeah. else's show or film and you do feel like an outsider you know yeah. and, that, that's, and i i I try hard not to make yeah. people on a show yeah. like this to feel that way, but yeah. inevitably you're right they will, and sometimes there are advantages to it oh yeah yeah but I've often been in that position as i know you're yeah, same yeah. yeah.
5: Everyone's joking about last Friday's lunch, and you're just sitting there going (laughs) 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 "That was so funny when Roger did that.
2: But there is a wonderful moment. There's a moment that I really love when I'm on on set, where the the shot is lit. There might be stand-ins in for the characters. Uh, The set is all there. Everything's there. There's the shot and then the stand-ins walk out and the actors walk in and the whole thing goes ping. It's it's an amazing moment. Did you did you find that too, Hamish?
3: Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely, yeah. I did, I did. Oh, that's I that's really all I can add to that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it's, uh, it's, again, I, I was just so privileged to have, uh, have just the quality of cast that we had and as Cohen kind of said, you know, we had, people who were there for one day but their their roles were actually quite pivotal and um and and what everyone brought including our extras as, as we talked about um just contributed to the whole and, and uh, yeah couldn't yeah couldn't be happier with with how the cast kind of worked out yeah, for us no, yeah no
4: that's great don't know anything about stand ins or lights <laughs> I, I, I don't, rem- oh, don't, I don't remember don't do the them. standards no. <laughs> you didn 't do them <laughs> sorry. Standards
3: like this, yes um, yes yeah, sorry so I kind of probably didn't even answer that question at all, but that 's just because I had no idea what you, what you just mentioned so. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he does yeah. next question um, I'm, i was i'm one of the many from Mu kerame and Tararoa, and I would just like to say that um, you guys are thanking us but I'd like to convey, and I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. We all really, really enjoyed it. It was a new experience for us. We felt really welcome, that you guys really welcomed us, that you, you, know, you weren't above yourselves. and um, Yeah, we had a, had a good time, and great feed. Our caterers, which, who were local people, of course, and um, everything. It was, it was an experience that some of us are going to continue with, but some people, like myself, are not going to do any more, thank you very much. <laughs> it was a wonderful experience.
4: My my one regret is that I forgot to ask anyone from monga Karamea to bring up avocados or bring down avocados. Are they in
3: season?
4: They're in season now, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, oh, cool. Um, did yes. you hear,
2: Did you all hear that question? It's about Rachel.
3: Yeah, um, yeah. so... Uh, when I wrote the script, there was only one person that I, that I wrote with someone in mind, and that was, was Rachel House. Um, at, at the time of writing, I didn't know Rachel, so I was absolutely just writing and hoping. Um, and, and obviously, when, when Orlando uh, put us together and, and, and she accepted the role, it was, um, it was a pretty happy day for me. So, yes, yeah, as, as much as um, it may have arrived fully formed, it, it arrived knowing, I suppose, knowing what an amazing actress, um, actor uh, Rachel House is and doing everything I could to kind of um, put that into her character. Having said that, everything she brought was so much more than what I put on the page. So, um, yeah, once again, we are just kind of so, so rapt to get someone of of Rachel's calibre and it's a shame she couldn't be here. She was in Sydney um, a few weeks back, but, um, yeah, working tonight.
2: Isn't it great we've got um, such a rich... Depth in our filmmaking talent through every part of the process, you know, and I, I look at you all here and I know that you bring so, such a great whakapapa of films with you. Um, um, Orlando, I believe you had something to do with uh, Lucy who killed Lucy the poodle
4: actually um, I did have something to do with it and Kent Briggs who <laughs> was the director and presenter of that is, is right there yeah
2: <laughs> see, see these people they, they have many films with them yeah Marshall what was your first film in New Zealand
6: uh, Goodbye Popeye there we are And I just fluked into that one um, because I I I was in a satirical sketch show at a place called the Rock Theatre in Wellington and Bruno used to turn up and uh, jam with the band occasionally and his wife Veronica was casting the film and just came up to me one day said do you want to be in a film and uh, I said why not and uh, that was it that was the easiest way I've ever got into uh, any show you know (laughs) <laughs> that was my first film role. Um, no auditions, nothing. So yeah. uh, Hasn't always been that easy, but that one was. Yeah.
2: Well, I'm glad you've stuck with it. I think we all are. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you, Cohen, so, so much work you've done. Catherine. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> I'm a bit blind.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> sorry. Uh,
0: uh,
5: out. No, no. Uh, oh, can I also just say, uh, Steve Tom at the back there um, yeah. he's hiding um, yeah, and he 's wearing a, a shirt that 's pink, which I think's hilarious. Um, just uh, me and him went to uh, drama school together about geez nearly twenty years ago, and it was just uh, such a pleasure to um, work with him again, and I think he was uh, those release valve moments were just he just nailed them. So yeah, I just want to big up him because he's not up here so <laughs> <laughs>
2: And K- Catherine, you have launched many careers. <laughs> I
0: just look for wonderful, talented people and do what I can to help. Um, I'd say I've had a very lucky career. Uh, I also think we talk about first timers, and there are a lot of people who were in their first feature role. This, both um, so Hamish, Orlando, Grant, um, Jason, was it, well. Officially, it's their first feature, but they all bring so much experience and talent um, that it doesn't. It never comes from nowhere. Uh, everybody who. Moves up to the to making a feature film has been building their experience and talent along the way. So there's a sort of myths sometimes that you know suddenly somebody does it, but actually it's a long um, process of building on natural talent with experience and learning.
2: Didn't Thelonious Monk say "15 years for an overnight success"? Mm. That's pretty good. <laughs> he, he knew about that. Yeah we have to wrap it up. Well, what a great session we've had today, and it's been a pleasure to be among you all, and it's a particular delight to spend time with this team, and I think we'll remember it for many days to come. Thank you very much. Thank
3: you, so much. Thank you guys
0: can,
6: can I just say w- one thing before we wrap, wrap up? I just want to echo what Hamish said about putting people on screen whose lives normally wouldn't be considered material for feature films. They wouldn't be, they wouldn't be seen as uh, Hollywood film material. Um, I absolutely support that. I want to see more of those kind of films made generally and uh, in New Zealand in particular.
0: I think um, I'd like to quote Dame Gaylene Preston on that, is that, if we don't make New Zealand films, who will?
5: (laughs) Right.
1: Thank you so much, everyone. Um, Thank you to the New Zealand Film Festival. Thank you to all of their wonderful sponsors that make this possible, and thank you to Scripps Screen sponsors, the New Zealand Film Commission, and White Studios. Have a wonderful night.